This week on FX Guide TV. We're having way too much fun on location at 3210 Studios in San Rafael. And then we have a look at the new term coming up for October at fxphd.com. This and more coming up next. This episode is brought to you by the new October term. Open now at fxphd.com. Hello and welcome to the show. As you would have seen on FX Guide when we announced it, we have teamed up with the guys at 3210 to run an FX workshop at the old ILM model shop. This is part of the work being done for the new term over at FX PhD. And to see how the guys got on and to hear about the rest of the lineup for the new term, we head over to San Rafael in California. Thanks for that, Ange. We're on the set of 3210, where of course we're filming this weekend, but we wanted to give you some insight into the work that 3210 does. So let's cross now to an interview I did earlier. Where I sat down with some of the principals of 3210 to discuss this company with its incredible history. So Vince, we're standing on the soundstage here at 3210, an enormous amount of history. Tell us how 3210 came to be here. 3210 is a collection of ex-ILM employees and ex-Kerner employees who found an opportunity to fill a space that was historically significant. Um, 3210 Kerner Boulevard is the address of the location that we're currently standing in. It was always secret up till now. The public didn't know about us. Uh, ILM left in 2005. George sold the model shop to Mark Anderson, who ran Kerner Optical for some years. When Kerner Optical closed, uh, we had an opportunity to, to be here and create a small film community uh, in the footprint where visual effects was born. So tell me, what are the range of things that you might want to come onto this stage to do? So we, we support practical filmmaking, uh, pyrotechnics, model making. We have a hybrid pipeline, so we can take Leica scans and we can take actual practical model making and put them on geometry. We support uh, all forms of software. Uh, Scott Smith is with us and uh, Cam D, which is a creature uh, shop upstairs on third floor. We have a whole bunch of tenants that are sort of like-minded. So we're trying to create a community of artists that sort of support each other. So uh, discuss some of the effects that we've been doing here for the last few days, just uh, as a sort of a right. range of things we've done. Right, Mike, uh, Mike, was, uh, Mike was interested in doing some sort of throwback effects, things that really showed the sort of uh, uh, grassroots filmmaking from the practical side. So we came up with uh, some pyro. We did like a hallway run with a, with a black box or a mandrel. Uh, that was first day. Second day we did a bunch of flame uh, pickups and uh, we did a zero-g ball and then the third day we did a car drop from 15 feet we took a beautiful ford taurus uh, we contacted ford to see if they'd come out and take a look at one of their 2004 cars and we dropped that from 15 just to see what it would do and it did it didn't do too much it, it actually well. it actually survived yeah so uh if somebody was wanting to come here what sort of work would you be typically looking at doing is it just feature film or you now cover a range of stuff right so just anything that uh would support practical uh, work uh, model making, miniature work, um, we, we do all bids, so if you want to bring uh, 3D stuff too, we, we know how to do that, we've been doing that for a while. But basically we've got this wonderful uh, uh, library of, of artists that we can call, up, call upon to uh, come in and do all ranges of work from practical all the way to digital. So one of the things I think is really great about 3210 is that for a while, for many, many years in fact, the only people that could use 
the ILM model shop was ILM. Now anyone can take this, and in fact, it means a, a commercials filmmaker, for example, could come here and harness that right. ability for a TVC. That's right. And so, you know, we have access to laser cutters and access to all kinds of cool equipment. We can we can range our bids. We're not all just doing 1.2 to 6.5 million dollar projects. We can we can craft a, a project to fit whatever your budget is. Somebody. You do an enormous range of work here, you and the team at 3210. Tell us some of the sort of the scope of the work you do. Well, a lot of what we do now, Mike, is, is blow things up, burn things, uh, water, the elements. I like to say we do the elements, things that can't really be done any better than doing it practically. So you've literally worked on films from pirates to backdraft. You've covered really all of those things. That's right. And, you know, most recent films were... Uh, there's some coming up I really shouldn't say, but uh, Everybody Loves Whales was a huge one. And Elements, again, it was a big uh, boat crashing into a uh, pressure ridge in the ice and going all the way back to Star Wars right in this room. Yeah, it's an enormous amount of history here. And what's really great is the 3210 team actually has a lot of people that have that continuum of experience. Oh, it's been years. I mean, it's, it, it, the, the team keeps growing and evolving, but there's still all these workers in the area that are doing the work and ready to jump in at any time. So how big is the soundstage we're on here? Uh, this, this is a soundstage and it's about 100 feet square, 100 by 100 roughly. Um, it has a pit, which is 16 feet by 4 feet, and there's a 30 foot ceiling, which is certainly the highest ceiling in this area. And we have a huge back lot, where over the years we've done a lot of huge things from the helicopter crash and uh, Mission Impossible to a lot of the pirate stuff in tanks. We build water tanks. And... Uh, the end of the last Indiana Jones film was uh, shot out here in the car park, wasn't it? Yeah. back slightly in our back lot, we call it. We did a great uh, bomb crash, nuclear bomb blast, and a wonderful dam break with two 30,000-gallon water tanks. So, Jeff, you handle a lot of dangerous materials, and, of course, that requires a lot of experience and actually being licensed at a very high level. Yeah. Yeah, the, this facility uh, helps out a lot with that as far as uh, giving me a place to store and operate so I can keep all the licenses current and uh, you know between me and my team there's you know decades of experience and uh, you know no safety measures left uh, alone. So Jeff tell us about some of the things we've been looking at in the last few days because we covered quite a range of stuff. Well we did we did the fire stuff which is you know kind of uh, one of our fortes and the car drop, I think what the car drop can kind of represent for, you know, for us is, uh, you know, the mechanical effects that we can do, which a lot of, uh, you know, the miniatures require a lot of mechanicals for camera movement and movements of models. It's funny, isn't it, because we want a large degree of control over something like fire, and actually, of course, it's quite, it seems quite unreasonable to ask fire to be directed, but you, have, you and your team are very good at manipulating the subtlest things to cause things because you have to react to what the director wants. Right, that's part of the process is, uh, you know, once you get the base and then you get everybody focused on it, you start sculpting it and with a fair amount of su success. Yeah, so how, uh, how many people is sort of like on a big shoot in here, how many uh, crew would you have in your team that'd be handling that side of things? Um, I'll run between four and six guys. And it's the same guys, I presume, because you must uh, develop quite a relationship with them. Yeah, a lot of times I try and keep consistency in the team, yeah. 
Well, I just want to thank you so much and the team made us feel so welcome and we had a brilliant time here. So thank you so much. For sure. Thanks, Mike. And I really did enjoy spending a lot of time with the guys after we wrapped uh, every day. We, we had a chance to do tours and we talked about the industry, where the industry's headed. Uh, seriously, I, I wish I had thought it, I wish we had thought about this uh, sooner. <laughs> uh, it was a fantastic experience and I hope we get a chance to do it again. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Hi, and welcome to our October 2012 courses here at FX PhD. This is, of course, our O-Week video where we run through all the courses that are available. And as you might have guessed, we're going to be including stuff from our 3210 FX 2012 shoot, which we'll be doing here, John, uh, in San Rafael. Yeah, it's been a blast. So sorry, I had to do that. But um, no, it, has. It, it has been. A lot of great stuff. And of course, we'll have the course that's related to that you'll be hearing about in a bit. But I want to start out with kind of the heart and the core of FXPHD, which is compositing. And we've got a fantastic new new course that's being co-taught by both Tal Naran and Matt Leonard. And the idea behind the course is to get a bunch of theory, recent theory, new things that come out in software, new developments in the industry, learn about them and apply them to a couple projects. In Nuke 219, working with advanced VFX tools, Matt Leonard and myself will be taking you through some of the incredible advancements uh, in the upcoming versions of some of the most popular production software on the market, including Nuke version 7, Maya 2013, and a whole host of renderers. As a production artist working day-to-day -day on shots, it's nearly impossible to keep abreast of all the new developments as they happen. So we've put together a series of examples, lessons, tutorials, and some practical shots which demonstrate some of these new upcoming features uh, as well as how they actually work in practice. We're going to take a look first at how the tools work, how they are designed to be used, and then also, more importantly, have a look at when they fail and what useful workflow and workarounds exist to get the most out of these new evolving technologies. It's going to be a really exciting course. We've got a series of great examples lined up for you. Um, we're going to be really taking a holistic approach, starting off looking at how the evolving tools allow you to create good color space, good working practices, selecting the correct renderer to get the best image quality and the best features for your needs, looking at output passes and how they integrate into your systems, optimize workflows for making the most of your 3D models and transferring them from application to application, and then finally bringing them all together in some sophisticated shots, which will hopefully look fantastic uh, and give you some skills which can be transported out into your day-to-day -day workflow. So I hope you'll join with Matt and I. We're very excited about this upcoming class and like everyone we're excited to show you the new toys and tools that are being developed uh, and how they can be best used by you in production. You want to blow stuff up, you want to have pirate ships sailing through shots, you want to realise worlds no one's ever seen, you come to a place like this, the 3210 Studios in California where some of the best physical and model makers in the world are based. Here on the three days, we decided to look at practical effects in terms of a number of sort of obvious ways that practical effects are used. Now, the first of these is you just shoot something completely practical. So in a corridor just over here, we had somebody running down a hallway, which we then put a flame fireball behind. So literally, we have a fireball shooting up a corridor, chasing our hero actor. That was where first unit is working with second unit. Completely contained the same DOP, it all just comes together. Then we moved on to shooting elements, the sort of things you want to put in your library. So flames, fire, explosions, blowing stuff up, squib hits, all kinds of manner of thing that we're going to basically put in our library so we can pull them out and use on any shot. And what we're going to do this term is run through that course, but also show how these elements came together. 
Now, we're not going to just be showing you a videotape of what happened here. We're going to be jumping in and out of what we learnt here. I'm going to be running through uh, some of the lessons, showing you some other things and showing you, of course, how some of these things come together. To give you some of the parameters of how cool this is going to be, and it was absolutely awesome, we were shooting with an absolutely crack team with multiple Academy Award nominees with an entire host of practical effects. A little while ago, we wrote an article on FX Guide called Art of Rendering. And ever since then, we've been trying to bring you the state of the art in renderers. We've already had a couple of insanely good courses on RenderMan, and we're going to extend that further this term, starting with V-Ray. We're not just doing any V-Ray course. We thought it'd be really good to do look development on a character and a non-photo real character at that. Let's cross now to Peter as he shows you our V-Ray in Maya. Hey guys, welcome to the new course on look development for what we call cute characters in V-Ray and Maya. We'll be looking at this guy, uh, going through all the shaders for him, eyes and metals and leather and cloth and skin and all that. In this course, we'll be using Maya and V-Ray and Nuke and Photoshop and uh, Mudbox to uh, try and get this character looking absolutely awesome. We'll be covering looked at on individual shaders, trying to get some nice setups for uh, each type of, of surface. We'll be using Sunday to uh, make sure that we actually don't do anything that we can't use again and that we don't have to redo anything to make sure our pipeline is nice and uh, smooth. The course is split between 2D and 3D and the whole look dev process. At the end of the class, it's my goal that you can all sit down and do proper look dev that will translate well into production and be easy to change. So I'm hoping to see a lot of you guys in this class. Well, continuing on with our renders, we also have, and I'm really excited about this, I think the world's first course professionally done on Arnold. We're going to be looking at what is one of the most interesting renderers uh, in the business right now. Now, normally this render has only been available to very high-end, very large facilities. And we've not only arranged for Ulf to bring this amazing course on Arnold, but we're also going to go further and allow you to get a copy of Arnold. Now, you can't even get an eval copy from the website from the guys at Solid Angle, so this is a really great opportunity. In this course, we will focus on what makes Arnold and brute force Monte Carlo ray tracing different to other render solutions that you might be familiar with. And we will show you what switching over to Arnold could bring to your productions. Through the course, we will run through all different parts of Arnold, from basic lighting setups, realistic shaders, as well as looking at the really cool built-in motion blur and depth of field. We will give you a whole bunch of useful workflow tools to help you with your productions. But to make sure that it doesn't get all too technical and boring, we will mix this with going through a bunch of real projects to show you Arnold in action. And here we will tackle both full CG projects as well as integrating CG into live action plates. The perfect student for this has already worked a couple of years with lighting and rendering in other packages but wants to move over into Arnold. Having said that, even if you're quite new to lighting and rendering, this course should give you loads of great tips, tricks and tools, as well as a good approach to lighting. Well, it's obviously big news recently with the merger between Luxology and the Foundry. And last term, we actually had our first series of moto courses at FXPHD. 
Damien Allen's Nuke 218 covered 3D animation and modeling for compositors, and we're actually rerunning that this term because of the new news from the Foundry. In addition, last term, Pat Cranley had our first ever Intro to Moto course. And this term, for October, he's going to do part two to complete the series of introductory courses. Hello, and welcome to MDO 102, the second installment of our Introduction to Moto here at FXPHD. My name is Pat Cranley, and over the course of the next term, I'm going to be guiding you through some of the more advanced features inside of Moto. Specifically, we'll be exploring how to apply these features in a real-world environment by focusing on the production of this antique steam locomotive. We'll start off the term by looking at a few of the advanced modeling tools and examine how we can use Pixar subdivision surfaces in our scene. In addition, the nodal rigging system in Moto will help us create the complex relationships we'll need to generate the control rig for our final project. Once you start working with replicators in Moto, you'll never want to look back. This project affords us the opportunity to explore the many possible applications of this new exciting technology at both the object and scene level. Throughout the process of taking this shot from concept to completion, we'll sprinkle in some extra Moto goodies like render booleans, hair and fur, and texture bombing. Last but certainly not least, we'll wrap up the course by learning about volumetric effects and particles inside of Moto. Thanks for checking out MDO 102, and I hope to see you this term. Well, that car behind me on set was just dropped from about 20 feet for a new effects element for our upcoming Nuke Stereoscopic Conversion course. Now, the idea behind it is to take a look at stereo conversion process, but for this particular shot, we're taking a look at integrating this car drop, which is 2D, into an existing stereoscopic 3D shot. Let's hear from Daniel Smith, who's teaching the course, more about what he's got planned for the term. There's been a lot of progress over the last few years, and 3D stereo conversion has grown in strides. It has gotten much higher quality. In Nuke 220, we're going to cover a lot of very detailed things, including the creation of depth maps. Now, depth maps are the key to a good conversion. You can't get away with not having a good high quality depth map. Now this is an example of a depth map that was created by a student of mine. What we need to do to create these depth maps is a lot of roto. But more importantly than that is knowing how to shade the roto to create a sense of volume, a sense of shape. This, this gets to be quite complex. Also, in Nuke 3D conversion, we're going to be going into Nuke 7. We're gonna learn a lot about some of the new options that Nuke 7 gives us. We'll be using the Nuke beta and maybe even the release version. We're also gonna to touch on a new product by Pixel Farm called PF Depth. There's a great companion course that's going with Nuke 220 from Victor Wolanski. More detail on PF Depth. Whether you decide to take Nuke 220 for 2D, 2D to 3D conversion work, or if you just need to sharpen up your Nuke skills, this course will offer a tremendous value to everyone who's interested in compositing with Nuke. We're also gonna take a look at this shot here in particular. This shot here is a shot from an FX PhD short film and the back plate here was done in stereo, and it has stereo issues that have to be fixed. But also, one of our latest courses, the, the Practical Effects Workshop, we shot a practical car that is falling and smashing. And we're gonna take that two-dimensional element 
and blend it into a true stereo element. So in conclusion, I'm really looking forward to having you this term in Nuke 3D conversion and stereo techniques. Thanks for watching. We're here at the FX PhD seminar at 3210 Studios. We're obviously talking a lot about practical effects, but also digital effects as well, merging them into the digital world. In this term at FX PhD, we actually have a new course that's covering destruction effects in Houdini 12. Teaching it is Jonathan Gilbert. As requested, this will be a project-oriented course in destruction using Houdini 12, where we will work on a series of shots from start to finish. Each shot will have their own requirements and will demand a different set of techniques to complete. Here is one prototype of one of the shots. We're going to have a projectile with smoke hit the wall. Chunks in destruction will um, fly down. And the sphere, of course, we can put a ladder, we can use a character, whatever element that we need, and the whole simulation will still just work. And that's a great thing about Houdini. You'll also notice that we have tracking markers. So we're going to be working on all these shots from start to finish, and that's going to require a little bit of match moving. And so we'll use PF Track to do a match move, take that information into Houdini, and actually um, set up our shot from that so that we can set up our uh, simulation. In this overhead shot, we're going to use the new Houdini 12 Pyro Cluster tool to set up multiple fluid containers throughout the simulation. And that will just be a very efficient way of simulating the fire and smoke that we'll have in the shot. And then we'll add in some debris and some destruction as well. And um, we'll also talk about different methods to simulate certain effects. For example, projectile smoke, we could use pyro effects, we could use particles with sprites rendered to look like smoke, or we could even instance I3D volumes, for example, onto that particles. I hope you're excited about the course and I can't wait to see you in there. In addition to that intermediate level course, we're picking up our introduction to Houdini 12 series with a new course this term. Returning to complete the two-parter is John Moncrief. Uh, this class is a continuation of the HOU 102 course, uh, only here we're going to deepen our understanding of a lot of the things that we talked about. We're also going to cover new material like chops, UVs, image-based lighting, and we're also going to expand, like I said, on a lot of those first concepts we learned, including flip fluids, VOPs, pyro, and rigid body dynamics. So we're going to expand our knowledge of particles, and I'm going to show you some effects that you can create with particles that you might not have thought of. And then finally, we're going to wrap up talking about dynamics. We're going to talk about getting information from the pyro solver over to the flip solver, and a couple of different ways of using the new sourcing methods inside Houdini 12 to create natural and realistic effects. Well, obviously, the FX PhD and 3210 Joint Practical Seminar forms a great part of the stuff we've got going on this term at FX PhD, but we're also really excited to have some cool new motion graphics-based courses. The uh, Motion Graphics 201 course is primarily aimed at um, Cinema 4D and After Effects users. And what I really want to do this term is to go through some real-world projects um, that I've worked on um, here at Lux and when I've collaborated with other studios. Um, we're going to look at how we can um, create the expression that, that you can see here um, so that we only need to animate uh, one of these cogwheels and all of the other cogwheels will move correctly. This is another example of a Cinema 4D scene that we'll be um, taking a look at and we'll be looking at how I built the, um, the light bulb set up using MoGraph. 
Um, so they all kind of flicker. As well as working within Cinema 4D, we'll also be looking at um, projects within After Effects, such as this example, and we'll be looking at how um, I created this using um, a combination of uh, shape layers, uh, masking, mats, and of course, um, some very handy expressions, which will make your workflow much smoother and um, facilitate any client changes. This course wouldn't be complete without um, a, a look at the integration between Cinema 4D and After Effects. And I'll be looking at a few examples of how these applications can work together. Now, the Cinema 4D 103 course is uh, primarily aimed at new users to Cinema 4D. And we'll be starting from the ground up and covering kind of the fundamental principles of working within Cinema 4D. Um, we'll start off um, right from the beginning, taking a look at the interface, um, how we work with our objects in the object manager, how we can adjust the layout and how we can configure the preferences. Um, once we've uh, kind of got a basic understanding of how the application works, we're going to dive right in and we're going to um, model a fairly simple scene using some of the generator and parametric objects within Cinema 4D. We'll also be using subdivision surfaces um, within Cinema 4D now, of course, um, modeling is only one part of 3D, and in Cinema 4D, we'll also be covering um, the texture system. We'll be looking at creating materials um, and the different ways that we can project those materials onto our models. Once textured, we'll be looking at working with the camera in Cinema 4D and, of course, lighting and rendering, another fundamental part of the uh, 3D pipeline. Towards the end of the term, however, we will take a look at working with uh, the MoGraph module. Just want to take a moment to talk about the courses at FXPHD and the format. We have two kinds of courses, our standard and vault. Now, the standard courses come out once a week, and they also come with forum access where you can ask questions to the prof as well as other members and actually just discuss the classes. Now, in the O-Week video, we concentrate a lot on the new courses, but there are some outstanding repeats, things like Nuke 217, Matte painting digital environments taught by Ron Duner, who's a VES award-winning artist. We have VFX 220, VFX supervision with Sheena Duggle. And that goes over her role as VFX supervisor for The Hunger Games, which you can check out on DVD and then watch the course and see what it's really like to be a VFX supervisor. Now, in addition to those standard courses, we also have our vault courses, which you can think of as kind of greatest hits from the past. It's a wide selection of courses, and you get access to them immediately. All 10 weeks classes, once you make that selection in your course page, you get to download them all. All in all, we have well over 100 courses available at FXPHD this term. Hi, this is Tal Naran in VFX 202 Visual Effects Foundation Part 2. We're going to continue our journey into the world of visual effects foundations, peeling back the layers of complexity and revealing what's underneath. Uh, in this semester, we're going to be delving much more into the world of 3D computer graphics, exploring how renderers output different passes, exploring the generation of material, uh, and also having a look at more complicated tools and functions uh, using a range of different software, including the upcoming release of Nuke version 7. I hope you'll join me as we go deeper than ever before into the fundamentals of computer graphics with the intention of revealing how the most sophisticated operations are performed in a clear and understandable way. Well, look, our next course we want to talk about is our PF Depth course. Now, this is a depth course 
because it's a brand new product coming from the Pixel Farm. You're used to them for their, obviously their image tracking stuff and their, their other things. Well, this is part of that same family. And John, I think this is something the industry's really been crying out for. Yeah, it has been. As you saw earlier, we're doing some nuke stereoscopic conversion. And of course, this tool plays very much into that skill set, especially when you put, take it in conjunction with PF Track. Well, that's it here from uh, this location, other than to say that, of course, there's a whole lot of software on VPN, like we've always had uh, Nuke and Mayer and a bunch of stuff, but we have some amazing new additions to the range of VPN software and software you can get access to. Yeah, we're really excited for the first time ever to have the full version Houdini available for FXPHD members, as well as access to Arnold and Moto. So really, a great selection of software allowing you to follow along with the class, as well as build stuff for your reel. Okay, we've touched on some of the repeat courses already, but there are even more. They're all listed on the site. As you can see, they're turning the house lights off here. It's the end of, of today. We've been shooting all day long since uh, dawn, so we're going to have to get out of here. But, John, it's really great. We hope to see everybody in the forums. See ya. Thanks, guys. Too much fun. Well, next week, we boldly go where no one has gone before. Well, at least not for a while, anyway. We're at CBS Digital looking at the incredible restoration work being done on Star Trek The Next Generation. We'll cover a bit about the history, their tech setup, and the detailed work being done on the show. And it is way more than you would think. Well, until next time, see ya. For more industry news, in-depth features, podcasts, and forums, check out fxguide.com. And for visual effects training, check out fxphd.com.